something a little bit different you might notice the uh the height uh it seems like it may seem like i am taller uh maybe shorter or something i don't know as the case uh the thing that i put the the laptop on got repurposed and so now i'm having to use an easter egg crate you want me to show it to you okay i will show it to you it's gonna be hard to hear me while i show it to you this is what I'm putting the laptop on. Does it make sense that a man in my position would have to use a spray painted Easter egg basket that I found in the street to mount the laptop on so I could bring you the showstopper? I guess it does. I guess it does. Let's keep the mic up uh, close. It looks like it looks like I'm a head on a table. And of course, I've got something in my pocket that's preventing it from seating right. Uh, let me pull it out. 
Isn't it Dill's Nick? No, it's a can of lubricant. Uh, so anyway, let's get started before I lose the tail of this thing completely. All right, so. <laughs> uh, hey, see any good fights lately? Huh? Any? Any at all? Well, first of all, I just, as you know, it doesn't air until Tuesday, but I just did the Care, Don't Care, but we recorded on Sunday. I just did the Care, Don't Care preview. Uh, John Nash couldn't make it. Kid Nate couldn't make it. Dallas, let me tell you about that guy. Who couldn't make it? V-Rod, Victor Robert. So it's me and Steph, which works just fine because Steph actually keeps track of the picks. None of that I don't ever. So, but I trust her. Yes, I trust her with my picks. Um, and uh, I won. I had four right. I carried about five total. Four right, one wrong. The one wrong was a robbery. We'll get to that in a bit. But as usual, we're going to start from the top. That's where if there's no time left at the end, it'll be the less significant portions of the card in my eyes. And it doesn't seem that way to me. In my eyes. Sorry to go a little uh, minor threat on you, but uh, let me, 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 let me. All right. So uh, let's do this. Let's go straight there. So let me, let me, um, <laughs> let me send, uh, <laughs> let me send, uh, hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. So uh, the UFC, God damn it, man. You know what? I've watched other guys' shows, you know, and it's like they got all kinds of shit. Like I, I'm like fucked here. I, I, why does everybody have nice stuff but me? I'm, I'm like they have split screens. They got all the technology. Anyway, let's let's get straight to it. This was UFC Fight Night 147. Uf, uh, UFC FN 147. And it was uh, Masvidal and Darren Till. Darren Till had a perfect storm of events. If you paid attention to the show for any length of time, you have a complete understanding of hometown advantage is really hometown disadvantage. You're worried about tickets for your mother, for your brother, for your father, for your sister, for your friends. You're worried about all those exes who never said you'd amount to anything. Making sure that they're seeing the billboards around town, the commercial books, the marketing obligations, the interviews that you got to do. You're worried about you're an ambassador for the sport, and they're pouring stuff into your ear hole. Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, is telling you stuff. you got to film this. These guys want to talk to you. The Guardian wants to talk to you. Daily Mirror wants to talk to you. BBC One wants to talk to you. You start to get inundated with the requirements outside the cage. I'm not saying you neglect what's going to go on inside the cage. You're doing that too. And through it all, you have a dark night of the soul. And in the dark night of the soul, that voice that never sleeps, and I'm sure you hear it. How can you not hear it? One of these things that the cheating scandal has revealed to me in full-blown technicolor, I'm going to get to it, is how easily this servo mechanism that is put into gear works. And that is the one that gets us to hate ourselves. You want to talk about the original sin? That is the original sin. Sin being initially derived from a word that it has something to do with the separation from the divine. Okay. Really? Okay. So, two nights in a row this past week, bear with me for this divergence. I'm listening to the radio, and it's fat women talking. They call themselves fat. I'm identifying them as they've identified themselves. One is named Adi Bryant. 
She was a writer and a performer on Saturday Night Live, still may be. She has a TV show called uh, uh, Shrill, Shill something, I don't know. Don't watch TV, don't know. And then the next night, there's a performance, a trans performance artist in Los Angeles, and she is uh, talking about how, what a major revolutionary thing it was for her to go to a pool uh, and whilst at the pool, decided to have some photos taken of her with her top off and, you know, just, it's just me. My face is turned away from the camera. She said, it's just me. And then the one who's on Saturday Night Live gave some speech on her new show that they recorded and ran on the radio in which she's saying, just once, I'd like to, I'd like to go home for a meal and have well, eat, be able to eat what everybody else eats without my mother offering me just a bowl of cereal. And I'm sick of the ads for to freeze the fat off and the bread and baby. And you know what? I thought, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. Let's interview Eugene. Let Audie Bryant interview Eugene. Eugene, yes? Does it matter to you that I'm fat? Nope. Do you hold it against me in any way? Not at all. Okay, great. Will you date me? Nope. Why? I'm married. Next question. Well, if you weren't married, would you date me? Very possibly. Well, so you 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 dated heavy women before, huh? Huh? Yep. Oh. Um. So you you don't you don't like my waddles and my double chins? Don't care about that. Mostly I care about conversation. Are we going to be able to get beyond this conversation or is this it for the next foreseeable future? We talk about you and your problems and your struggles. Wait, they got you. So the servo mechanism, they started, they wind this toy up and it goes. The amount of damage that I've seen people do to themselves, all of my friends who came out of the closet, they tore themselves apart because they grew up hearing people say shit about sissies and about this and lesbos and Oh, let's let's be friends. Homo, you don't. So by the time they get the sense like, hey, every time I see Jimmy's naked ass, I feel kind of funny. They've internalized all these negative messages. The damage they do to themselves is far worse. Black folks in California, like I've said before, are the craziest black folks I've met in America. Why? Because there doesn't seem to be any extant available and clearly obvious black middle class in California. I'm a member of the black middle class. I'm in California, but I live in a neighborhood that people still perceive to be a high crime neighborhood. It's not. They still perceive it to be an African-American neighborhood. At this point now, it's shifted to a Latino neighborhood. It's not. People who come from this neighborhood still, a whole hip hop industry is built on, uh, on the glorification, the glorification uh, of, of degradation. And I've had it. I fucking had it. I shoulder my burden with, with, without complaint. You know what I like? I like me. I really like me. I like me a lot. If you got a business in America that's based on me believing I hate me, you're going to go broke. I'm vain as well. But the things I'm vain about, I can do nothing about. Like Albert Speer said in The Theory of Ruin, I need to look as good at 56 as I can. Buildings in decline should look as good as they did when they were built. 
but you know, in decline. Be the best looking 26, the best looking 56. It's up to you. That being said, I'm sure you thought it was never going to get back around to MMA. Should I edit or should I go on? I'll go on. You know, so you got all these people bent out of shape. And and the reality of it is the only people profiting off of it are people who are selling into that marketplace, which is fundamentally everybody. People in Asia are getting surgery to make their eyes rounder. People in America are getting surgery to make their lips thicker. People with thick lips are dyeing their skin or choosing to only date light-skinned people or white people in total. White people generally being okay, being the majority classification, worry about other things like their weight. Jews paranoid about, justifiably paranoid about anti-Semites. Working class uh, uh, blue collar uh, folks think that the system is rigged against them very specifically by the people who are caught up in this college scandal. And these people who are parents, they knowing that these kids are never going to have to work an honest day's, uh, 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 honest days, uh, have a job that involves an honest day's work in their life, wanted these educations as a bauble. Perfect husband, perfect house, perfect garden, perfect child perfect school whole industry built on that in actual fact no series of counselors would have cost you four hundred and fifty thousand dollars none but god forbid your kid should have to try and work at something but there's a difference between the glorification of degradation like, you ever hear Kanye West's parents talk? They're like, recall, well, his mother's dead, but you ever hear his father? I'm a professor or whatever. He's some kind of professional. I don't know where he gets this shit from. My sister, who's won a Grammy, actually had everybody in the family scratching their heads. She did a song called Jihetto. It was about that very middle-class neighborhood that we grew up in in Brooklyn. Jihetto. What made it so? The half a million dollar houses? Half a million dollars in the 70s. Is that what made it so? What made it so? Why? Oh, is that is that become is that become is that become a, a, a code word for down home? We're supposed to take these words and, and turn take their power away. So it's dykes on bikes and it's niggas with attitude and we're supposed fuck that. Fuck you. You know that book, I'm okay, you're okay, that they was big in the 70s? I don't know anything about you, but me, I'm okay. Everybody's out there stubbing their toes against a nightstand of I suck. Well, I don't suck. Chances are you don't suck. I bring this all to 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 to, to to explain what I'm about to say. And I'm going backwards in time. Like Martin Amos's book, Time's Arrow, 
we're going backwards in time to a press conference where George Masvidal says, hey, I wasn't fortunate enough to spend my time as a younger person in college hugging other dudes' legs. He's taking a shot at a class divide that exists in the UFC. They may not have been the best students, but every person who wrestles, whose pedigree is wrestling in the UFC, came through a university or a college of some kind. There are very few, uh, uh, with the exception of the Diaz's, who apparently dropped out of high school, I'm guessing. I know Nick did, and I don't know if Nate did. Don't know if they went back and got their GEDs. But they don't have a wrestling pedigree. They went to jiu-jitsu. Most people, even Johnny Boney Joni, junior college. Masvidal started in the back. He's not, he's not glorifying the degradation by saying, look, a different language is spoken in the neighborhoods I come from. You say, well, George has got enough, uh, George has got enough money right now to no longer live in those neighborhoods. You ever wonder what these cats do who have made their money off of glorifying degradation? In the name of keeping it real, do you think that Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre Ice Cube, do you think their kids went to the same schools they went to? I interviewed uh, Mr. Marcus, a porn star extraordinaire in Los Angeles, for an upcoming Aussie Confidential. His oldest daughter is going, going to uh, uh, getting her master's at USC right now, a school that he was not in the cards for him. He was driving a forklift at Kmart before he became a porn star. Dirty secret in America and what this 2020 election hinges on is class mobility. And they've come up with stark numbers. I'm forgetting what they are right now, but you have, I think it's like 12%. 12% of us have a chance to increase our class standing in our lifetimes, which means some amazing number like 88% will pretty much stick to the class in which they were born. We're supposed to be a classless society. Bullshit. At least the people in the UK know that's horse, horse shit. Horse shit all. It's a Japanese version of it. So when George Masvidal uh, is saying that uh, Edwards needs to understand that he wasn't lucky enough to have, you know, a, a college or university in his background where he could hug guys' legs, which was a nice derivation of the Nick thing about George, uh, about George St. Pierre. Uh, you want to lay on your problems for 20 minutes, that's good, you know, whatever. 25 minutes is up to you. But what he was saying is that words have consequences. And this is like the old adage, the old Middle Eastern adage about the chicken gets stolen. And the father says to his sons, they stole our chickens, you got to do something. Nah, don't worry, it's just a chicken, dad. And then they come and they steal the goats. So you got to do something. They stole our goats. Ah, dad, it's just a goat. Then they come and steal the cows. Dad, you got to do, dad, the father says you got to do something. The son's like, ah, it's just a cow. Then they come back and they steal the crops and they kill the mother and they rape the daughters. And they're like, wow, see, if you had only stopped them at the chicken. Language and violence are intimately connected. It's rare for somebody just to go off. They ramp up. What George Masvidal said is, didn't spend my time in college. I spent my time in a place where words have serious consequences because they are on ramps to violent action 
and I don't have time to wait. Poor people have but few pleasures. Being free from worry in the brief moments that you are, are actually free from worry are to be enjoyed. So look at this. Edward's completely lost. He won his fight. Like I say, well, if you, it's just coming out before Care Don't Care, so you won't hear it. He, he won his fight. He's a prime example of how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Because though he won his fight, he left UFC fight night, this UFC fight night London, a loser. I'm just talking logistically. It makes sense to talk your way. It makes sense to talk your way into a successful future positioning by, you know, challenging your way up, punching up. But there are certain things that are measured: audio, visual, lights, proximity. George Masvidal, in the middle of an interview, in which he had. The audio, Sanka's microphone, the visual, the video camera, red light on top, point at the lights, the backdrop, and the wind. And he's talking and talking. And now in the Merc, the backstage area, Edwards is calling him out. Edwards, who's in a place with no camera, no audio, no light, just a bunch of dudes, and that's it. So George Masvidal says, you got to say something. You need to say you're interrupting my interview. Go ahead and say something. What? I got him so I can't hear you. Say it to my fist. And he walks over. A mistake I've made for like two, from between 16 and 18. I made this mistake all the time, thinking that I was in a debate society. And that if I was having crosswords with somebody and they walked back up to me, that they were just going to continue the discussion. It took me about six times of getting punched in the face. Yes, I'm uh, ashamed to say six times is what it took. Well, to be fair, one of those times I just got punched in the chest. The guy punched me and jumped back two feet, and I'll never forget my reaction. I was at It was at a swim meet because I was a swimmer in high school. The guy punched me and jumped back, and I, I kind of looked down at my chest and looked back up. I'm like, fuck, would you do that? Every time I punch somebody in the face, they've had the same look on their face, a look of shock and surprise. Two years of that, I was no longer surprised. Somebody comes walking up, I go, you can stand, I can hear you from where you are. If you get closer, somebody's going to get hurt, and I'm not talking about feelings. So from the murk of a backstage room in which there is no gain at all for Edwards, he hollers some shit out. George Masvidal walks with the camera, at, with the audio and the visual following him, his back, hands behind his back, gets there close and sees apparently Edwards has got his hands up. So Edwards is not playing to the audio, the visual, the camera, the microphone. He's playing to some fucking dudes who don't even have their phones up based on the fact that I haven't seen their vantage point cell phone videos. And he gets popped the fuck up. Has to go to the hospital, get stitched up, and then has to leave. Doesn't go to the post-fight presser, the spoils of a win, goes to the hospital, and doesn't do follow-on interviews until just now. It, it, the follow-on interview is easier than now. He says something like, oh, George Master Vidal is fucked. Eh, whatever, bro. <laughs> Who's going to remember that you won your fight? 
And George Masvidal, far from, you know, the glorification of degradation, said, look, I'm just spelling out for you. If you don't talk shit, you probably won't get hit. This is the hit business, or like David Carradine said in Kill Bill, I'm a contract killer. When I get upset, what do you think is going to happen? Professional fighter, when I get upset, what do you think is going to happen? You want to call me out? Do it in the cage. If it's just business, do it in the cage where you have the audio and the visual and lights. George Masvidal is not, he doesn't punch down. He doesn't have to fight you now. He, he took God, providence, looked on George Masvidal, who I picked to win, incidentally. Nobody else, I'm not going to go over it. I know what I know what this is about. This is a setup. I'm not going to go 6,000 miles to fight Darren Till and then get fucked up just to build this guy's resume. Or like uh, Samuel Jackson said, I don't want to be in a movie to justify the acting career of some hip-hop guy. Samuel Jackson's kind of a <laughs> surly prick. If you re- go to ozzy.com, ozy.com, and read Fist Fighting with Samuel Jackson, my piece. Just type his name in the search bar. So... And then George Masvidal, very calmly, collectively, gets to talk about, on at this point now, two interviews where he's like, hey, you know, um, I, don't, I, I, I can't understand anything other than, than a threat. And now he's drawn, oh, George Masvidal fucked up, but really? How, how are you going to settle it? Like I said, I got in some beef with a musical beef with some guy in Texas. And the guy's trying to whip his fans up, and I just wrote him. I say, listen, things like this have a tendency to get very much out of control. I'm not going to stop playing shows. I'm not going to stop stop touring. I assume you're not going to stop touring and not stop playing shows. So how far do you want to take this? You know, in life, sometimes people get poked. Sometimes other people do the poking. I punched you in the face. You could have just as easily punched me in the face. I punched you in the face, wrestled you to the floor, and 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 held you in an ultimate head and arm. It could have been reversed. Don't know. I was motivated by what I perceived to be a lack of disrespect. I understand you felt differently. That's history. If we want to make it our future, we can make it our future. But I need to tell you right now, somebody's going to get seriously hurt, and I'm not talking about feelings. Over. The fact that I punched you in the face seven months ago. Let it go, bro. On the other hand, if you don't want to let it go, we can go there too. George Masvidal's in that position. Let it go. Whatever. You know, I fucked up now. I don't fight scrubs. And he, he actually called the guy a scrub at some point. Just because you want to fight, I mean, shit. So I understand making hay while the sun shines that Edwards, who I also picked to win, that Edwards um, is is trying to make hay and get put this this the other people you could fight, bro. Let let Keith let let Keith, also known as Sean Shelby, work it out. But at this point now, there's nothing you could do to look better from the that dazed expression with the, the cut on your face backstage. Like, 
<laughs> Frightened. Now, in regards to the George Masvidal Darren Till fight, I have to tell you that Darren Till is in a fucked up position. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody listening. But what kind of fucked up position? Is it the couch of insignificance? Well, no. The shit that he did that was got our attention was real shit that he did to get our attention. It wasn't gimmies. These weren't gimmies that he did to get our attention. That was real shit. So he's no Mickey Gall. He's no CM Punk. He's no Sage North Butt. What? North Butt. What? North Butt. He's real. But he's also got a high number right now in the Phantom Toll Booth. He hasn't said anything misty yet. I haven't heard or maybe haven't paid attention. He has until Wednesday. He can say any kind of crazy thing up until Wednesday, and I will just kind of go, ah, eh, you know, he's allowed a little irrational exuberance or enthusiasm or confusion. These things are all allowable. Yep, they're allowable. But after Wednesday, we, you know, out of respect, other crews got a warning. But everybody else, watch out. De Niro from Casino. After Wednesday, watch out. So Darren Till right now is a platinum gold-plated gatekeeper. The problem with these cats is cash. Because if you don't think numbers are getting rejiggered right now, you're wrong. It starts with who he could fight. Like, for example, take Edwards. Edwards wants a payday. He's got to fight George. George wants a bigger payday than he's got. He's got to fight Usman. If George, if they tell George, you got to fight Edwards, that doesn't help George. And that really doesn't help Edwards. It's not enough of a pay-per-view draw for either of them to make money and squanders the upward, upward momentum of a George Masvidal. Darren Till, however, was probably getting McNuggets, not McNuggets X money, but he was clearly being fashioned to, we need another great UK hope. Bisping retiring. And you remember, I had a very mixed relationship with Bisping because I thought he robbed Matt Hamill. I also thought he robbed George Rivera through deep, deep cheating. I thought he robbed Anderson Silva. That these were all gimmies in order for him to develop some UK market that never really adequately developed to, to I mean, it, it did. But again, you know, this is corporate America. If I say I'm going to make $80 billion, but I only make $78 billion, the market flips out and everybody tanks my stock. If Bisping was supposed to deliver a 17% increase, but only delivered a 15% increase in viewership numbers in the UK, he's a, you know, that could be what he moved on to. Till was supposed to pick up the mantle. I don't know what kind of cachet you cats in the UK can let me know. I don't know what kind of cachet that Till had for real. But I largely suspect it's the kind of, like, I suspect that what y'all say about Till when you're talking to each other, is very different from what you would say to us. For example, there are musicians that 
as a result of their foreignness and their exoticness and their Britishness do really well in the, in, in the US. I remember think, telling some, one of my friends in the UK about Dizzy Rascal, it was about 10, 15 years ago, whenever he came up. And they were like, oh yeah. Turns out later, they don't like Dizzy Rascal. If you're British, you're like, fuck that guy, stupid shit. I, people, I was always super in love with the specials. I take the wife to see the specials when they come to the US for her birthday present. She said, oh, I get it. You really got a gift for yourself and I participate and go, well, the tickets are yours. You can take whoever you like. Check a make. I can't play these reindeer games. You don't want the VIP tickets with the booth and the food and the champagne. You want, or, or you'd rather enjoy it with somebody else. That's okay. I'll sit in the dark like a dog and eat wet cigarettes. Go with someone else. I don't need to see them. But people in the UK were like, especially, oh, Jesus Christ. Americans will buy anything. Till we bought. But till will not get bought in the same way. So, like in Pulp Fiction, the second Tarantino movie reference, Pride Hurts. Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, goes back to Till and Till's management and go, yeah, it's a bad bit of luck there. Hey, we got to fight for him, and they pick somebody down. Yeah, I don't think that'll do big numbers. It won't move a lot of needles, but what do you say we give him, uh, you know, I don't know, 20K? Fuck that. Our last fight. Yeah, your last fight, the one that you were expected to win, had a lot of heat behind it. Now you're coming off of a loss. I'd, I'd like to renegotiate. It just seems like it makes sense. It doesn't make sense for us to go into your fights with a loss. I mean, you can drive that bargain if you like. If that's really what you like, you can drive that bargain. But you got to understand it weakens your future position unless you win. And then you go into the fight realizing that if I don't win, I got a weakened position. And you don't really need that carried on your shoulders, in your head, do you? Do you? Is that what you need? Is that really what you need? If you're a smart man at this point, you realize that this is the sad and weepy part of the tale in which you, in full clockwork orange fashion, have to take it. In our lives, we all have these moments. I think of Alex DeLarge, Malcolm McDowell's character in Clockwork Orange. And he talks about, this is the real sad and weepy part of our tale. And I think about that, the sad and weepy part of the tale. And I've had them. And I've embraced them. Like the, like, uh, the guy stealing the, the, the Lord Dunsany story, where the guy stealing the most famous, the most beautiful poems in the world, and one runs away, one hides, and one jumps off of the edge of the world. I'm always the cat who's jumped off of the edge of the world. Just embrace the fate. If nothing good ever happens from here on out, I'm squared. Because this is the reality. This is where I am. Fatalism? No. Like Lincoln Quasi Johnson sang, merciless realism. So they come to you, they say, you got, here's a fighter, you're punching down, less money, lower position. I take it. I take it because nothing succeeds like success. 
And failure, or well, failure can be a fucking bitch. Darren Till, in order to stay solvent, needs to realize where he is now. You're not in any position to drive any kind of bargain. That's done. A guy who hasn't fought for two fucking years and who lost his last fight to a guy that you beat fucking knocked you the fuck out and he played you from the beginning. I love that show with Dan Hardy where these cats are sitting across the table from each other. Love it. Because it makes it impossible to do that, you know, bow wow, woof woof shit. The trash talking. I'm sitting right across from you. Real deal. I'm sitting a foot from you. Got person asking us questions. It's like playing the dozens when you were a kid. You know how you won that game? By never losing your temper. You want to trash talk them? You can. I mean, if you think about it, versions of that show, like where John Jones and, and DC were talking, just talking, not talking trash, those were illuminating and heavy. Similarly, these guys that were taught, said, I respect this guy. He's going to stand right in front of me. Only thing George Masvidal has problems with at this point is, is, is wrestlers, and, uh, and he's handling that. You know, somebody, some, one of you commenters said something I thought was pretty perceptive. He said, look, George Masvidal, in, if, he, if he does well in the first round, then he ends up skating through the second and the third round. I've noticed that before. I said it seemed like both he and Nick Diaz were on a pride clock, pride fighting championship clock, where the rounds were longer. But this uh, commenter went on to say, okay, yeah, right, okay. It seems like if he has a bad first round, he comes out like gangbusters in the second and third round. Well, that seems to be pretty much the case. You know how serious of a knockout that was? They didn't show Darren Till until well after, I think, if a memory serves me correctly, until well after George had talked. And finally, the little the scintilla of time left as the camera follows him and his team out, it swings around, and you get Darren Till sitting, holding his knees. Now, I haven't watched it, but I've been busy. I've been training, and then my, my grandson had a birthday party yesterday. I've been a little busy. I didn't get to watch the post-fight presser. The pictures for the post-fight presser show him smiling. I don't know what he's – I'm assuming if he said anything significant, anything other than the expected, well, George Masvidal packs a hell of a punch. He was a better man that night. I have to get back to with my team, kind of reevaluate things. If he said anything other than that, I'm sure I would have read about it. And you would have too. If you know, let me know. But George is is in that Robbie Lawler position after Lawler won the belt. Except he hasn't won a belt yet, which is the catbird seat. No second lives in America, no second acts in American lives. Guess again. The innumerable. With a level of creativity and will, you can do it. And I'm going to have to say there's a fundamental difference between running through an underground parking garage coked up with 20 of your friends, throwing a, a dolly, a handcart through the window of a bus who you suspect somebody might be in, and walking up to a guy who's kind of trying to step on your moment and punching him in the face. In fact, I have to tell you, the last five people I've punched in the face, I told them before I punched them in the face that I was going to punch him in the face. 
One guy, the guy in, in Brussels, I even asked him, I said, is it your desire that I strike you? I said those words exactly. Very close to him, whispered in his ear because the music was loud. I said, is it your desire that I strike you? And the guy looked at me and goes, do what you got to do. Open hand shot. Guy Charlie browned himself in the air. His hat, his scarf, all of his phone shit spread all over. Shoes might have been knocked off. I was a little shocked. Didn't expect it. Didn't expect it. But when a guy who's trained slaps you, it's a little different than if uh, your grandmother slaps you. And then, of course, I always had bloodlust and walked up on the guy with the extent, uh, with the intent of if I got any more resistance to stomp. That was always my favorite street fighting thing. The stomp, which is why I've been a fan of steel toe boots forever. Sears diehards. They had good dress shoes, steel toes, make them. And it's hard to get the steel toe ones. Uh, but by the time I got up to him, he was like, no violence, no violence. Okay. And my rational mind kicked in again. George Masvidal, the guy who I interviewed years ago, is as is is now as he was then. He's like, man, I, this is the kind of job I do, and this is how I do the job. Fuck with me. You want to fight with me? Get your agent to call my agent or your manager to call my manager. Call the bald one. Work it out. But don't fuck with my moment. Don't step on my moment. Don't. This is why when it, the uh, the strike force was on CBS and Gus Johnson, guys, this is CBS, CBS. When uh, uh, Jason Mayhem Miller tried to go in and step on, was either Jake Shield, Jake Shield, is, don't, don't. It's my moment, man. You know what? Fight a fight, and you win a fight, and you can do whatever you want inside this cage. Until then, right now, you're a glory stealing fucking hog, and you got what's coming to you. I'm not one of those people who don't believe in hitting. I mean, I think you want to give people a chance, but he had several chances. I'm talking about Edwards. But let's focus on the fight itself. George Masvidal knocked him out so solidly that there's no reason to have any talk of a rematch. Rematch for what? So what happens until now? What happens? Don't know, but I do see shiny gates. Shiny, well-oiled, well-kept gates. You know, he doesn't have far to go. But how far he has to go has to do with where he thinks he is. You're not in demand anyplace. Now you're in, you're not in demand land anymore. You're in request land. You're not in tell land anymore. You're in ask land. Hey, could I, maybe it'd be cool. I don't know, I'd like to fight again. If you got anybody, I'm here. Here, bro, I'm working on my stuff. But the knockout was fucking slick and solid. Solid beyond solid. Beyond. Now, the other fights on the card in the last little bit, I, I, I largely didn't give a shit about any of these fights. <laughs> but the fact that being on ESPN Plus turned me into a creep at my grandson's party. Because I, I left training early and got there, and then, you know, things kind of got slow because everybody else was late. I was like, oh, let me check ESPN Plus. 
Oi, boja moi, the fight is on. And then, you know, if you follow me on Instagram or uh, 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 Twitter, you saw me sitting on the, the apron of the trampoline, kind of waiting for the pinata stuff to go on and the cake to start while I'm watching the fights. Before Darren Till and George Masvidal, Leon Edwards beat Gunnar Nelson. I called it for Edwards. But sadly, now the, my desire to talk about Ed, Edwards fighting Gunnar is really zero, except in this instance, I'll talk about Gunnar who now is in that unenviable spot. And I, I, I don't know whether it's the Icelandic, uh, uh, the, the phlegmatic Icelandic or what, but he seems to have a pretty good idea of where he is. And that's kind of a fucked up place to be, sort of. I mean, we make fun of people in the Lost Battalion, but at least they're dreaming. It's the merciless realists that have a harder time. I mean, I think at a certain point, like a guy like Joe Lozon realized, you know what, there's, there's no belt in my future. There's no belt in my future. And I think Gunner's in that same like how do you how do you fight if you're just fighting to put food on the table? If you don't I mean, I don't have any desire to be CEO of my company, but I would like to be a CEO, but I don't have a company. So that means I have a perfectly good understanding of where I am. I'm editor at large at Ozzy.com. Ozy.com. I'm okay with that. I know where I am. Clearly, for most people I know who are CEOs, not being a CEO is something they don't like, don't desire, not interested in. Gunnar Nelson said, well, maybe the, the, the clouds will part and Providence will smile on me. And I'll have a chance at a belt, but largely, if things are going the way they're going now, I just don't really see it happen. It was a good fight. I'm glad Edwards won. I picked him. I'm dismayed to see him screw it up. I don't know what you thought was going to happen, but whatever you didn't think was going to happen is exactly what happened. How can you do that? How can you make – suddenly the fight is not something I want to talk about. Amazing. Uh, let's go further back. Um, Dominic Reyes and Volkan uh, Ozemir. I picked Ozemir, the Swissman, the pizza man from Switzerland, who won that fight. Doesn't matter. If you've ever seen, it's a split decision. Reyes, eked by one of you's out there on Twitter land, sending me the G, your, your scorecard. How you say, I don't give a shit. That wasn't. Reyes didn't win that fight. And then he's calling out Johnny Boney Johnny. Yeah, okay, bro. Why don't you fight Johnny Walker Red or Gustafson first? I was not impressed with your performance. And I don't know who these judges were. This is mind-blowing. I yeah, I know I know how Sure Dog scored it. I don't care. It was wrong. I don't see it. Do not see it. Don't see it. I yeah, and you know, and half the time you gotta remember, I forget who I picked. I'm just wanting a good fight, and I'm wanting the better fighter to win that fight. And that was not Reyes. He can go fuck himself now. Again, won but lost. What you want is win-win. Or lose-lose. You don't want win-lose. Or best yet, lose-win. That's good. I, I, I didn't succeed in this fight, but I emerged from this fight with more cachet than I came into this fight. That's a win. People love me now because I stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with a guy. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Bob Reno. Bob, 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 Brian, Bob, Bob, Reno, Bob, 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 Reno. Lost his fight, 
Still remember the guy's name. The cat was solid. So, now, uh, uh, um, uh, Steph tried to talk me into Nathaniel Wood and the Jose Alberto Canones fight. I didn't care about it then. It was a good fight, but um, uh, not enough for me to talk about now. Same with Claudio Silva and Danny Roberts. Yeah, I know some of these, but these were largely uneventful fights. I mean, there was some cool shit that the arm bar, the questionable. There was a little heat, but this is a little bit of glimmer, but I'm not going to. Uh, Marshman and Phillips didn't care about. Um, and uh, Arnold Allen and Jordan Ronaldo didn't care about a decision fight. Uh, Mark uh, DeCasey and Joseph Duffy, I cared about and picked DeCasey. He's a gift, but he's our gift. And I didn't see Duffy being able to. I mean, he's in a position where he had a lot riding on his head, and I don't think it, it redounded to his benefit. Um, uh, Sapa Baba Safarov and Nikolai Nagamamamaruno, I didn't care about that fight, and I don't think you did either. Danny Eage and Danny Henry, yeah, I heard some chatter about that, but uh, whatever. Uh, Molly McCann, Priscilla Gajera, I, uh, I can't pronounce her last name. Uh, Mike Grundy, Natty, didn't care, didn't care, didn't care, didn't care. So that's it. And now what is what is dude saying? What is dude saying right now, now that I'm off that page? Tom Breeze pulled out. I'd get to the bottom of that, but I don't care. Uh, there's been the Tony Ferguson news. Uh, I got nothing to say about that right now. Um, nah, um, nah, I, I really don't. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, B. Conor McGregor sued by alleged victim after smashing phone. All the interest in that dis dissipated when people saw the guy who got his phone smashed. I don't know why it would make a difference. Uh, Colby C Crappington is indicating that he doesn't want to fight Woodley now because he lost and the luster is gone. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'm, 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 what I'm looking for is this news that I saw a brief blip about with uh, what's his face, um, dude. Who's like Leon? Here we go. Leon Edwards sends a message to George Masvidal at the backstage ball brawl. Now you're fucked. Uh, let's see. Let's get straight to it. So I'm doing this interview. Uh, and this guy comes, this, I'm reading now. So I'm doing this interview and this hooligan comes by saying some stuff, July, get your ass kicked in July, July. And I go, maybe Masvidal told the ESPN, but whatever, because maybe I want to kick your ass in April. Maybe I don't want to wait till July. Maybe I don't even want to fight you in a prize ring because you're not worth the training camp. I'll just fight your fight you here because you're a scrub, right? I'm reading, this is Masvidal's quote. So I tell him just to say it to my face like a man. You're, walk, you're saying it while walking away. We're both men, you know. And as I'm walking up to him, I've got my hands behind my back to signal I'm not coming here for problems. But he puts his hands up like, like this. It's on video and walks towards me. But where I'm from, if you do that, you're going to punch me in the face. And that's not going to happen. You're a fucking dork. You're JV beta. You are what you are. You're just a loser in life. You're not going to get a hit off of me. So I give him the three-piece with a soda. And they just glide out of there. <laughs> Man, this is fucking capital. Edwards saw things a little bit differently. The 27-year-old Brit did not attend Sari's post-fight press conference, but he did release a statement via Instagram. Well, that's effective. 
I guess it is because I'm talking about it. And George, fair play sneaking your shots in when you could, but now you're fucked, Edwards wrote. If security wasn't there, you wouldn't have made it back to the U.S. I'll see you soon. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> okay. Edwards has quietly climbed the rankings in a crowded. Okay. Um, in addition, Nelson uh, Edwards has won, has won, earned wins uh, over Donald Cerrone, Vincent Luque, Albert Tumanoff, during his current winning streak. Edwards is in line for another big fight in his next octagon appearance. Um, uh, that's seven in a row, he says, Edwards. And the hardest division in the sport, and I'm coming for everyone. World champ 2019, mark my words. If you're not with me now, you will be. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, bro. Uh, again, like the letter I wrote to the guy in Texas, you might want to go easy on that. And I and I say that I say that I say that in a look look. If you've read my fight book, you know at a certain point I had the slop beaten out of me during a competition by Brian the Fury Johnston. I was a younger man then, maybe thirty something, thirty maybe. I don't I don't remember the age. But but you have to know you have and I understood that there was causally connected to a piece I wrote about MMA for GQ magazine. But you have to have some complete understanding of the fact that um, if you give people very few options, those options that are left to them might not make you happy. Now, mine was tempered by the fact that I thought partially I'd done something to deserve it. It was a causal connection between what I'd written. I'm all right. I got it. The beating was was intended and delivered a response, which I understood. I didn't like it, but it was done specifically to say something to me that he wasn't articulate enough to say with words. And then Brian the Fury Johnson had a, a stroke or, or some sort of embolism, an attack, and was paralyzed. And so not anything, not anything, uh, <laughs> when the <laughs> yeah 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 okay i've got i'm getting messages from so you sorry i didn't get to the question and answer session we're not going to do it this week clearly we don't have enough time but if you give me now brian the fury johnson and continue to say now i'm gonna find you wherever you are i'm gonna if i see you at the fights i'm gonna beat the shit out of you i gotta go to the fights i gotta cover the sport you're gonna put me in a position where i don't have any options if I don't go to the fights, I can't do my job. If I do go to the fights, you're going to beat me up? Hmm. Well, that happened once already. What are the chances are do you think I'm going to let it happen again? Edwards needs to know. When you talk that shit in America, somebody's going to get fucking hurt. The guy who just killed the head of the, uh, the, the, the Gambino crime family, it turns out it wasn't a mafia hit. It was some guy who wanted to date his niece. He told the guy, clear out. And the guy came back, shot him six times. Now, there's a, there's a story that I have that I told Steph a little bit of, of a guy I know who's on his way to church. Gets into a fender bender with somebody. Actually, somebody smashes into the back of him. He gets out to take a look at it, screaming at the guy. The guy nervously pulls out a fucking pistol, shoots him nine times. 
nine times. Dude, his name was Amos, dropped. But he was huge and survived. The guy who was in the car with his girlfriend fled, was eventually caught, went to prison. Second degree murder, manslaughter, something like that. In prison at San Quentin, he apparently committed suicide, threw himself off, off, threw himself off the top tier balcony and died. If you believe he threw himself and wasn't thrown, you'd be aggressively wrong. So the cat who killed the head of the, the crime family was some guy who wanted to date a girl and was told to clear out and sort of threatened and was like, oh yeah, this is my response. Anybody can get to anybody. You got grown adult men, you be careful about who you're pushing around. That's not a threat, that shit's a promise based on historical record. The way to do this thing the smartest way possible is to maximize your gain from it. But if you put me in a situation where I have to keep the worst thing from happening, then that's gotta happen too. My wife and my kids can come visit me in prison, but I, I gotta defend myself. Got to. In the most extreme way possible, if called upon to do so. So I'm not, I don't wanna get heavy. I don't want to blow this UFC fight night London thing into like, well, this was a, but um, at the same time, I'm trying to explain the ground rules for why defeat was snatched from the jaws of victory. While Masvidal is, and he made his case in a way that the Diaz's have tried to make over time, but have not been, the Diaz's are more like the show stomper. If you have the ears to hear, you understand. But if you don't, you just got to go, what is that, that 209 shit, that rebop? I'm not getting it. I get it, and I'm hoping you get it. You listen this far, you get it. Anyway, that's the uh, um, again. This is what you with these fights where they were not. There were five. There were five cares on a 15 card fight, and yet the last one, what I thought was fairly significantly significant. But anyway, Ozzy Confidential, the one from last week on the international drug trafficker, got delayed. Why did he get delayed? Dude's aunt died. He's a hard luck cat. He's an always something cat. His aunt died. So we couldn't get him to take the photos for the piece. Couldn't get him. And then so we just said, fuck it. We're going to delay it. People who listen to the knuckle up, and you're used to it. So whatever. So if you have Himalaya, it should be available on Himalaya tonight. If not, it's everywhere tomorrow, Monday, all through the rest of the week. The numbers have plateaued. I'm not asking you for money now. I'm asking you to listen to Ozzy Confidential. Part of the reason they plateaued is because these cats can't stick to a schedule. It's all right. I, I'm not editing the show. I record it. I pick the guests. I write the script, whatever. I write the stuff, the intros to it, but I'm not doing the actual grunt work of editing and putting in the music and so on. And, you know, I'm producing it because I'm dealing with the photos and stuff. But I couldn't make the guy's aunt not die. So anyway, Monday, it's uh, Pericles Mostramos. Also, if you bought steroids online, you probably bought them from him. His name is a mad Greek. But it's not just another steroid story because he branched out to sell a bunch of other drugs. 
up to the tune of $1 million to $2 million a year worth of paying bills, ecstasy, and a bunch of other stuff. He got caught by the FBI. It talks about it on Ozzy Confidential. Or you can get a hold of me at Eugene S. Robinson for Twitter. Or Mr. Sleep with the number three. Not spelled out, but the number three on Instagram. But that's gate kept. In other words, I got to see inside your world before I let you see inside my world. And if you have no pictures on your post, on your on your page, forget it. I assume you're a spy and I can't let you in. If you want to stick inside the Facebook universe, facebook.com slash oxbow, all cap, or facebook.com slash stomperville. And June is on the ball. She's been editing these videos, so it's something to see. Intros and so forth. I'm hoping you're appreciating it and liking it because I'm digging it. Tuesday night, if I did it at 7.20, in case, unless there's something wrong, followed by if the shoes fit. It's me, Alexi, and Kid Nate, also known as Pachole, 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 Pachole. Steph will go live with the Care Don't Care sometime on Tuesday, and we're done for the week. Next week is UFC Nashville. So listen, listen well. I don't know if you paid attention to the macro moves that the UFC is making. If I have enough time, I would have talked about them, but I don't. But these are smart. These interstitial fights to the to larger pay-per-views, it's good business. It's almost like Fertitta is there instead of off somewhere counting his money. I'd like to track him down, find out what he's doing now. But that's it. Those of you who have been helping out, going to patreon.com. Swear to God, I got to collate all your names. The ones who I owe uh, CDs to, double CDs, T-shirts and shit like that. I'll do, I was going to do it today. Got sidetracked. Try to do it during the week. Sorry. If you have people, like I said, on the Care Don't Care, Ozzy Confidential is about you too. If you have people who you know have great stories, man, you should talk to that guy. And you can get a hold of them. Let me know. Even if you can't get a hold of them, you let me know like to get to New York, interview my mother for a Mother's Day one, and I'm going to try to get Bruce Cutler again. He's uh, 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 John Gotti's um, uh, uh, former lawyer. After the killing of this Gambino crime boss, it might be a great time to talk to him for Ozzy Confidential. Anyway, that's the end of the show. V57. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Thank you for listening this far. Tell the world. Until then, look what you made me do! Ah!